Hi, this is Jenny Guilfoyle and Lindsay Goldford Gray at Inadmissible. And we are back to delve into an issue that we touched on in our previous episode. In our previous episode, we looked at the Biden administration's recent new immigration policies. And those include a parole program for a limited number of people from four specific countries, Cuba, Haiti, Nicaragua, and Venezuela. And last season, we talked about the administration's other specialized parole program, which is for Ukrainians. And we also talked about efforts to apply for humanitarian parole for Afghans. Since that episode went live, a number of states filed a lawsuit taking aim at some of these parole programs. And here with us today to talk about the lawsuit is Victoria Nielsen, who's a supervising attorney at the National Immigration Project of the National Lawyers Guild. Hi, Vicki. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me, Lindsay. Yeah. So can you start by just telling us what what this lawsuit is and what's it about? Well, I think we've seen since the start of the Biden administration that essentially any time this administration takes a step that would expand rights of non-citizens in in any way, uh, they're going to face a lawsuit by, you know, red states um, filed in a friendly jurisdiction. In this case, it's um, Texas. And this case has actually gone in front of Judge Tipton, who's the same judge who prevented the Biden administration from uh, implementing the enforcement priorities um, that it that it set forth um, last year, or 2021, I guess. So when you say that red states filed that, who who filed it? Um, who from from the states and which states, at least at least some of the major states? Right. So it's filed by, you know, 20 um, states with Republican governors. The lead state on the papers, uh, unsurprisingly, is the the state of Texas. They've really sort of taken the lead role in a lot of this litigation. And um, the one other counsel on this case is the America First Legal Foundation, which is led by Stephen Miller um, of Trump administration um, notoriety, as well as Gene Hamilton, who um, also was part of the Trump administration and and played a lead role in um, devising many of the anti-immigrant policies that were um, a hallmark of that administration. And what's the basis for this lawsuit? So we have this parole program for folks from four different countries. And what's the what's the basis for challenging that? Yeah, I mean, I think it would be helpful to to take a step back and just look at this parole program. They're kind of three different lenses I think we can look at it through, right? So the administration is kind of selling this program as saying, you know, there's a crisis at the border, um, you know, in in December, there were, you know, over 100,000 people at the border um, from these countries. And last week, uh, you know, the numbers shake out such that it would add up to 3,000 people at the border since implementing this policy. So basically what the administration is saying they want to do is shift the uh, admissions into the United States from having, you know, hundreds of thousands of people at the U.S.-Mexico border and instead have what they would call sort of an orderly process where people who have good reason to leave their country could be processed in through this parole 
procedure. So the administration is saying, like, basically, we're not eliminating asylum. We're just trying to prevent people from being in these dangerous parts of Mexico, making this dangerous journey, etc. Advocates for non-citizens say, okay, the parole policy doesn't is not in and of itself a bad thing. There should be more ways for non-citizens from you know dangerous countries or failed states to enter the United States. It's really apples and oranges, though the people who are fleeing to seek asylum are often not the people who, you know, A, have the financial wherewithal to get a passport and a plane ticket to the United States and likely or may not have, you know, economic sponsors in the United States. So the parole policy is not bad in and of itself, but if it's a tit for tat parole for asylum at the border, it's really foreclosing asylum to those who need it. And then you have the red state saying, this is an unprecedented, you know, floodgate of people coming to the United States um, under the parole program as announced. You know, the Biden administration said up to 30,000 people could be admitted um, per month, you know, which the papers from the red states focus on, you know, this is almost, you know, more than a third of a million people per year. And, you know, as in other litigation brought by the red states, they say that having, you know, quote unquote, illegal aliens uh, in their states costs them a lot of money. I mean, one thing that they don't explain in their papers is that people who are admitted through parole actually do have a lawful status. And while everything they, you know, write about uses the phrase illegal aliens, these are not, uh, you know, the people who come in through parole would not um, be here unlawfully. But I mean, it's sort of, you know, this one policy, I think you can see in three very different ways. More than anything, you know, in my opinion, for governors from these states, it's just become a, a very um, sort of winning political issue for them. They complain about the border and they're doing something about it. And it's a way to to try to, I think, distinguish the Republican um, stance on immigration from the, Demo the Democratic stance on immigration, which has frankly been um, somewhat muddled. Yeah. I, so we've talked about you know, sort of what the arguments are, what's the legal, I mean, so, so we have parole, um, which I know we've talked about a lot on this podcast, but what's the, what's the basis in which the lawsuit is saying you can't do this? Sure. Um, so, I mean, it's basically two primary points that, um, that the red states are making. One is that parole as it's laid out in the Immigration and Nationality Act is intended to be narrow, um, you know, based on, you know, sort of urgent humanitarian grounds and decided on a case by case basis. So the red states are arguing if, if the administration is going to admit 30,000 people per month, that it's really can't be that sort of case by case analysis. It's, it's too broad, which is sort of similar to the arguments um, that they were making against the Mayorkas enforcement priorities memo, like even if, you know, a law enforcement agency might be able to make a, a determination on one specific case about what enforcement action to take, that there shouldn't be this sort of broad policy announcement that says that this is what um, 
uh, agency officials must do. So they're saying it sort of exceeds the authority uh, that Congress gave the agencies um, under the statute. And then it makes a second argument um, that the administration is doing this without going through a notice and comment rulemaking process, and it therefore um, violates the uh, uh, Administrative Procedures Act, because often when a significant change in the law happens, it happens through regulations when the executive branch does it, um, rather than a sort of proclamation. Um, the administration's counter to that is um, it does comply with the law. You know, it is uh, still going to be each application will be determined on a case by case basis. Um, and that they, you know, they say in the announcement they put in the Federal Register, um, A, that this is a, a for, really a foreign policy issue because Mexico didn't want so many people expelled unless there was some other pathway for people to come to the United States. And they also make the argument that if they went through a lengthy um, notice and comment period, that there would be a mad rush to the border before the new regulations went into effect, which they say would be counterproductive. Yeah, and I keep thinking in my head about sort of the elephant in the room in my mind in terms of, you know, them challenging the the sort of the legal procedures, the notice and comment, the Administrative Procedure Act, um, that they didn't do it this time and this time they care. And then the other argument, you know, that um, that they can't do this on a case by case basis if they make these broad policies. There's another parole program that did this essentially this exact same thing and that these parole programs are modeled after. And that is for individuals from Ukraine. And that program wasn't challenged and it continues to this day and has still not been challenged. Um, do you have any thoughts about that, Vicki? Yeah, I mean, I think it, I mean, you're absolutely right, Lindsay, and it goes back to the, uh, you know, my earlier point that this is all politics, right? I mean, nobody, the, the states don't really care about the financial aspect or anything along those lines. It's it's politics, right? Ukrainians are white, European you know, perhaps the argument could be made that, you know, that that there's some greater foreign policy issue at play there, given the United States support of Ukraine in the war. But it's unsurprising that the states are, you know, drawing the line in the sand um, when the people who are getting parole here are, you know, Haitians, Cubans, Nicaraguans, Venezuelans, people who are um, Black and brown people who are coming from countries that are less, uh, you know, economically developed, um, and I'm sure that there's a, a significant element of racism in the decision to bring this litigation against this program and not against the uh, Ukrainian program. I mean, that being said, of course, immigration advocates um, do not want to see the Ukrainian program challenged and, you know, support um, the ability of Ukrainians at risk to come to this country. But, you know, we don't support one group um, getting different treatment from other groups who are coming from equally dangerous countries. Definitely. So you mentioned a, a few minutes ago, you know, that the, the different groups, that the, the folks that would 
apply for the parole programs and the, you know, sort of generally the population that would seek asylum at the southern border are two different groups um, for a number of reasons. But if 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 this lawsuit wins and the parole programs go away, you know, then then what happens or what do you think would happen? Yeah. So, I mean, I think that that's that's, you know, a huge question mark, because as advocates have pushed back hard on the Biden administration for these expulsions at the border and for, you know, rumors that there are going to be even more streamlined procedures at the border and potentially resurrecting other Trump policies like a ban on asylum for people who have traveled through countries like Mexico and not applied for asylum there. Um, You know, administration officials have basically said, no, it's different. We're providing alternate pathways, whereas the Trump administration sought to end asylum altogether. If those alternate pathways are blocked by the courts, which certainly seems likely given the pattern that we've seen with, you know, Texas federal courts blocking cases and attempt by the administration to lift an injunction and the Supreme Court, you know, keeping the injunction in place for months and months and months until a case reaches them, um, you know, it is likely that this will be blocked. And then the question is, will the Biden administration, you know, do the right thing? And if there's not an alternate pathway, enforce the law as it's written and intended to be, um, you know, intended to be enforced. Or will they say, oh, it's not our fault. The red states did this. We we tried to provide an alternate pathway. They didn't let us. And now we're just stuck with, with purely a, you know, stick at the border approach with no carrot. Um, you know, I think advocates are going to push hard on their own words saying we're nothing like the Trump administration because there are alternate pathways. If there are no alternate pathways and all they do is adopt Trump policies, then I don't see much of a difference between these two administrations. If you were talking to someone who was interested in sponsoring a potential parolee from one of these programs, what would you say to them about this lawsuit? In terms of practicalities, like what does this mean for them as a potential sponsor? Yeah, I mean, I would say get to a lawyer today and do the paperwork because um, at this point, it's my understanding the complaint has been filed in this case. I don't believe that a motion for an injunction has been filed yet, but you know, it could come any day, and it could be any day that that the judge um, blocks the program. So um, while it's still in effect. Um, you know, try to make use of it. Um, And, you know, if you are from one of these four countries and have a loved one overseas that you're hoping to get here, um, you know, talk to your elected officials about why it's wrong for this administration to, um, you know, block um, those who need protection from uh, coming here. And if, if you live in one of the red states, talk to your governor about why this lawsuit is uh, hurting you. Thanks so much for your time, Vicki. We really appreciate having you today. Great. Thank you. Thanks so much for joining us for this episode of Inadmissible. We look forward to bringing you more episodes, and we'd love for you to subscribe to our podcast. 
To learn more about how to get involved with Vecina's work, visit vecina.org. That's V-E-C-I-N-A dot O-R-G. See you next time.